0: Sorry, I shouldn't be singing that. But I'm Joe. Welcome to Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Uh, I'm here with Doug and Eric, and we're gonna do a, a pretty fun movie tonight, guys.
1: Yes, well, we we are are what movie that big What are we doing? Refresh my memory. Did well, I watch it?
0: It's an epic it's an epic movie that has lots of explosions, lots of gunfights, an alien invasion. Um and it's a summer Two different blockbuster. Kinds
1: of alien
0: invasions. Yeah, and it's a summer blockbuster. Can you guess what movie it is?
1: Independence Day.
0: No. <laughs> Welcome to Earth. Nope. Uh, Earth. Yeah.
1: Uh, Mars Attacks. Oh, no. we already did that. Oh, one.
0: We did that, we one, did already. that one. Cooked cows.
1: Uh Day the Earth Stood Still.
0: Let me tell yeah. you though, if you don't remember what movie this is, they will remind you at least like seven or eight times throughout the movie. <laughs> I,
2: know. <laughs> I know. Yes. Many different characters will remind you.
0: <laughs> yep. We're not doing the first. We're not doing the second. The third, not even the fourth. No. We're doing the fifth element.
2: Exactly. Yep. The supreme being.
0: Earth, water, wind, fire, heart, captain planet.
1: <laughs> that this been a- movie came out when uh, Bruce Willis still had hair. I know. I know. Exactly. He looked young. Yes.
0: Um,
2: yeah. But anyways. Yeah, I mean... This was this was pre- Armageddon and everything. Yeah. But before oh
0: we actually get into this movie, um, let, let me just tell you for anybody who's had this airworm stuck in your ear since we've started the show, the intro like that music, the song I was singing is actually the song it came from and it's called <laughs> it's called Boom by the Bloodhound Gang. Just in case you had that stuck in your head, because um, every time I hear the song, I, I know I have to do the intro, but I want to start singing it. So, I just want to get yeah. that out of the way. In case this is bothering you, be like, "What song is? I recognize this, <laughs> but I haven't heard this in twenty five years, and even then, I wouldn't really hear it that much." It's, it's called. I only
2: know the Bloodhound Gang from Howard Stern because the the lead singer was an intern there,
0: Jimmy Paoli. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, he so yeah. he, he used to be on Stern all the time when he was there. So and then after once the Bloodhound Gang hit.
0: And, and, of course, back. the uh, hold your ears, folks, it's showtime. You know that's from, right? No. It's from Blazing Saddles.
2: Oh, right, duh. Yeah, that's true. That's Cleveland Little.
0: Yep, that's that's right when they're getting ready to uh, go and run through all the other movie sets.
2: Yes, exactly.
0: Um, exactly. So, so if anyone has ever been wondering where the intro to the show came from, I kind of just stitched together a couple things I liked.
2: Yep, and um, you did a great job. I totally dig it.
0: Thank you, thank you. And when we get the cease and desist, I won't change it. I will just say, fuck you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Somehow I think the guys in the Bloodhound gang would appreciate it. Uh, I'm just assuming yeah. at this point, but well, I, I don't think they'd have a problem with it.
0: I don't even know if like they're allowed to. like.
2: No, exactly. They've got exactly. their own legal problems know. to worry about. <laughs> we don't know what state they're in as a group or individuals at this point.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know um, from one of their songs, they're not allowed to go to New Jersey. Yeah, probably. He clearly states it in one of the songs, but nowhere in yeah. New Jersey, that's the only place we can't go. Yeah. yeah. Um, so <laughs> what's new, guys? Um, uh,
2: I am prepping for a possible tropical storm tomorrow. I doubt it's going to be as bad as they have said because we haven't had one up this way in a very long time, like 30 years. So the news people are all excited about this thing. And I don't know if they're all blowing it just to get the juices flowing. But in I any can, case, I had to prep for that today. Do the grocery shopping and, you know, lock things down.
0: I can give you so, some, um, some hints if you need them, like how to like really survive it. Okay. If you really want to prep, this is what you, first thing you need to do. You need to go to your car, mm-hmm. put all the windows down and turn the air conditioning all the way up and drive around for at least an hour. <laughs> That way you can become a Floridian.
2: Excellent. Um, yep, because that's the goal of every <laughs> asshole is to become Floridian.
0: Apparently it is because they all fucking moved down here.
2: No, that's true. No, listen. Um, the, the, we're just, yeah. We, so yeah.
0: you said you went to the store to buy like preparations. What did you buy? Oh, no, nothing crazy. Just like. Yeah.
2: Actually. Preparation like, H. Yeah, preparation H. No, it's no. Good what, stuff. what
0: did you buy? I need to know this because this is important.
2: I, I got some white bread and some bologna. Because that doesn't have to be cooked. And, you know, I don't think we're losing power. But, you know, um, there's some snacks like that to have. You and, missed,
0: uh, there's, there's only one item on a hurricane shopping list.
2: What's that? Beer. Alcohol?
0: Yeah, alcohol or beer.
2: Yeah, no, I've got, a, I've got a sixer in the fridge. That's oh, fine. Six.
0: That's... <laughs> right, no, That's I'm just sorry. to watch For me, the, that's, that's more just, than enough. That's, always, that's what you do when the storm's, like, in the other country, like, on the way here. And it's blowing the weather yeah, guy yeah. over. No, and then he we, starts standing up there. Some,
2: we've also got some wine. What's the guy's have name a little from the less wine after Jim, last uh, night because that <laughs> was bad.
0: Jim Cunningham or something like that? Or Jim uh, – the guy from the Weather Channel who goes out before every hurricane and basically works
2: – Jim Cantore. Jim
0: Cantore, yeah. And he has his little yeah. blue windbreaker on, and it starts blowing him sideways. Yeah. And then you realize – That takes, guy's
2: jacked, man. You don't want to fuck with him.
0: If he takes two-step forward, though, he'll be like literally inside of a uh, – Yeah. <laughs> a, a covered He graduated
2: area. from my son's college, actually, in New Hampshire. Oh, he's shit. An, he's an alum from – Linden State College where my son Tim went
0: You know I really like watching the Weather Channel They have some good programming
2: I don't have the Weather Channel I can't watch it
0: um, It's pretty good I notice it's always yeah. him And this one blonde chick And then the blonde chick just tells Awkward stories about her life that she probably shouldn't tell oh jeez the whole time so she's like sounds
2: like somebody we know eric <laughs> yeah
0: yeah
1: <laughs> she's like oh. why, you, why, you, why you like it so much <laughs> she's
2: like Dixit. he's like oh, yeah, i like, am she'll be like um, joe this
1: is this is the most old man conversation you've ever initiated joe you're yeah, like i really like true. the weather channel was oh, great, great dude. And, you know. no the
0: exactly. chick will be on there like they'll be like they'll be joking around like in their studio and like jim's over there talking to her and she's like Ah, i remember that that's like the time i lost my virginity in the back seat of a volkswagen <laughs> And like she'll Holy say some shit. shit like that, and you're like, "What did she just say?" <laughs> okay. yeah. Like, Whoa. you know, she's like, seriously, she'll say the most like weird, inappropriate things that like no one asked. Yeah. Give it. A, I'm telling you, watch the weather channel; it's pretty interesting. That's
2: awkward. That's awkward. I'll have to give it a shot. Yeah. Uh, so um, what's new with you, Eric?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, today I did uh, a panel for the superhero project, so that was fun and emotional. It was about an hour, and it's always you know, whenever I do stuff with them, it's, it's, uh, I'm an emotional person anyway. So when she starts showing slideshows of kids with, with pictures and it, it gets me, it gets me. All uh, right, so
2: you need to, you need to describe this for me. What is the superhero project?
1: All right. So the superhero project was started by this woman named Lisa. Um, and, uh, basically in a nutshell, she was, works with sick kids kids with disabilities um she interviews them and what she provides the artists with are these interviews and it's basically like if you could do anything uh if you could have any powers what would they be what would your costume look like what would you do and when we get these interviews back they are i mean i cry every time i get one man because not only yeah, are these kids I so like be. creative and and yep. you know but it's always, it's always selfless. Like, yeah. the shit that these kids are going through is unimaginable. Yeah. But they'll come back with, like, you know what my power would be? I want to be able to levitate heavy things so that my grandma can find her car keys. Holy you know?
2: crap. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be a blubbering mess, dude. Like, yeah. I couldn't even do – if I could do the art, I wouldn't be able to because it would be covered in tear streaks
1: (laughs) well it's it's more it's more pressure than i have with any other thing i do in art. any other commission because it's like you want to get all those little details right yeah and uh and we're encouraged to write letters you know Mm -hmm. along with the art to the kids and i always just kind of say like look this was an honor to do and i hope that when you look at this you see yourself the way we all see you because we think you're real life superheroes so
0: hell yeah they are
1: yeah hell yeah man so i did that and the only other thing that's new i'll tell this story quickly to sort of change course i was driving to georgia and i hit a a a semi truck like the retread on the tire just like flew up and i hit it really hard it fucked my bumper up i'm dragging stuff on the road i pull over and I'm sort of inspecting the damage. I'm like dragging plastic and stuff, so I'm trying to rip it off. And I feel this, this sting on my hand. I look down, and there's this little fucking ant staring at me. And, I, you know, like I fast-dead smashed it and uh, drove for another couple of hours. And when I got to where I was going, my hand was like twice the size of my other hand.
2: I, you, showed, you sent the picture. I, I'm sh- I was shocked by the size of your hand. Oh. One ant. Like, One no, I don't get fucking... shit in my life, man. No. And he looks so
1: smug and shit. And
0: like... yeah. <laughs> Not so for very long. You him.
2: Even when you squished him, he was screaming. It was worth it. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. It's too bad you didn't he's have like, a pair of a fucking, fucking
0: uh, a pair of fucking tweezers.
1: I know. I saw the gross roach it, that you it's killed It's still yeah. fucking
0: now. twitching. It's still moving its antennas, and it's been I like understand. twenty-five minutes. You but know know yeah, this. No, this ant
1: was on some like fucking this is sparta shit like you know Yeah, right and yeah. uh so i couldn't i couldn't make a fist i couldn't really do anything couldn't draw for like two yeah, days
0: yeah. That sucks. Man. But, know what else? we're not gonna say oh, it but you know what else you couldn't do
1: i couldn't jack it i couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> and you can't jack it with your non-dominant hand i don't oh, care no. who you are well, yeah, I, it's
2: hand, but it's just not it very work. easy it does no. not work at all.
1: It wasn't no. even worth trying. So
0: no, it doesn't work. You gotta turn it backwards, um, like put put the the top inward.
1: <laughs> Excuse
2: me. I kind of know what he's talking about, but I want to try to figure out how to end this
0: conversation. <laughs> so what to do with me? Some fucker hit my fucking car, messing my bumper. Yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah, and his bullshit ass insurance hasn't called me yet to fix it.
2: He still, has, I he still haven't called. It's been like
0: a, a week and a half. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, that happened right after I left. Yeah, Florida. So it's
0: that been happened. almost two weeks, actually. Yeah, my fucking car fixed.
2: No, exactly. I mean, I don't know if there's a if there's a time frame that they have to adhere to or what.
0: But, well, I mean, yeah, he, I mean, he admitted it, and I have a police report. Your insurance <clears> company's staying on top of it, though, right? I mean, I assume how so, progressive they seem like a pretty decent. I hope Flo's over there fucking beating his face in with a fucking wrench. Oh,
2: if anybody can do it, it's flow. It's either flow or that snarky, that Jamie? snarky girl. Oh, I, I kind of want Jamie name. too I to go over there. I love her attitude. That's
0: beautiful. But Jamie would probably make him a fucking omelet and play acoustic guitar.
2: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but no, that girl, the other one, yeah, she could take him. That would be good. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I felt I felt awful when I saw that man. Do you ever feel a really like? cool car.
0: The people from, like, the uh, advertisements are your friends. <laughs> like, All right, like, you don't want to hang out with yeah, Flo. Joe, like, Sure. You're like, ah, oh, Flo would be fun to hang out with, for at least for, like, a half hour. Then she'd probably get old. <laughs> or, like, the Allstate <laughs> dude. You're like, I want to have a beer with the Allstate dude. Yeah, he seems like a cool dude. Yeah, you're in good Jake. hands. Jake from
2: Allstate. Oh, you're talking about... Uh, the, Jake's from um, State Farm. Allstate's the oh, fucking... Oh, State Farm, right? The Allstate is the guy from the 24, the president. Yeah, you're in good hands. I yeah, can't do his voice. He seems like a real cool dude. Oh,
1: office. my uh, Minor League, that guy. Yeah, I
0: yeah, don't yeah, remember what his yeah, actual yeah, name is. But, yeah, yeah that dude. Um,
2: I know his name, and it's totally gone from my old man head. I, and He's also I in that show, um, Lucifer.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah, he is. He's Azrael. No, that's not him, dude. That's not him.
0: He plays God, yeah. Which... I'm not even gonna, Oh, he
2: plays God. You're right. He doesn't play.
0: He plays God. You're I'm not gonna right. get on this, but somebody did tell me like, someone was telling me about this show. Like, I had never seen it. And they're like, oh my God, do you know who plays God? And I was like, Morgan Freeman? Because, like, that's the first initial response to anybody who ever asks you, do they play God? And, and they're like, yes, it's Morgan Freeman. So then like a week later, I was looking at the show and I'm like, that's not Morgan Freeman. I was like, no, oh, God, his name is Dennis Haysbert. And then I was like, should I uh, should I correct this person? Like, or should I just let them go on? thinking that That's Morgan Freeman. Yeah. No, his name is Dennis
2: Haysbert. And I, and I knew that. I just couldn't remember it. Um, like I said, I know him first. The first time I saw him was he was the president in the first few seasons of 24. Yeah. Well, when it was good because then it became awful and anyway that's a story for another day um
0: real quick before we get into this movie because we're about to get into this movie let's let's give a quick shout out well not a quick shout out let's give a well-deserved shout out to the people who like you know want to support us and make us feel good about ourselves and our our little hobby
2: yes they sort of validate what we're trying to do here and those are our patreon members we've got four of them and i remember all four this time it's great (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um so we wanna we wanna give big thanks to Hannah Christ, who's our, our yeah. founding Patreon member. She she's a rock star in, in my personal life and in our Patreon life. Uh we've got my good friend uh Peter Bianco. Uh really cool dude, Pete. Thank you for the support. Um we've got Mr. Brian Gower, who is also another rock star, cool dude, uh co host of the Tone Jerks podcast. Please check that out. And then we've got Robert James Smith of The Cure, yeah. believe it or not, is our big swinging dick donator.
0: Whenever yeah. I'm alone with you, you yeah. make me feel like I am free again.
2: There you go. Yep. So, yeah. So those are our Patreon members, and they definitely help keep the show going, um, both financially and motivationally. It's really cool that people who, who think enough of you to, to give a little bit of their hard-earned money Yep. Uh, to help us continue this thing. And, uh, you too it's really
0: cool. can become a Patreon if you'd like to.
2: Yes, that would be wonderful.
0: You can go to patreon.com backslash M O T C U. Yeah. I mean look if you watch those Sarah McLaughlin, you know,
2: animal uh commercials talking about, you know, Oh going, my god, going from now on when we do the Patreon, coffee, I'm gonna play from a cup the of Eyes the Angel a week. <laughs> You can you can donate a cup of coffee a week to us. That would be really cool. I am so you
0: seriously know, dollars, from no now sense. on going to put in the ass. Oh, <laughs> an well, you know we
1: should we should cut kidding, a new buddy? commercial for uh, Patreon. We you really should. Use that song
0: and, That's yeah. true. Although, yeah. please you know, give. I I did say that I was going to be. Ah, uh, uh, fucking my mind so Jordy LaForge uh, Goddamn it, Lavar Burton. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Hosting Jeopardy. It looks like he might be getting his chance i uh, hope yeah, so well, they, man they're dropping like flies over there in jeopardy Jesus. yeah yeah
1: but but yeah as far as patreon goes man like it is really cool of you guys to to have supported us in that way and uh you know it's uh i don't, I don't know what else to say about it other than yeah. thank you and we'll the selling point for our podcast at this point is consistency right like oh, there's yeah. a billion podcasts out there a lot of them fall off after a couple of episodes we are nothing if not consistent. Exactly.
2: Um, there are X amount of you out there, and we know that four out of that X give us money. Yep, and we're looking so for the, the other, fifth. The other group. All right. I can't beg any more than that. Let's we're, we're looking on. for All the right.
0: fifth Patreon.
2: Yeah. Maybe you'll get something special if you're the God fifth. A little more special, just because it's like that's a key number. It's five, and then we can build from there. How about that? Yeah, because if you're the I have no idea what it is, but you know, I'll call you.
0: he's not Paul Blart at all in this episode. He's not segwaying. (laughs) No, I set you up so perfectly. At this point,
2: Joe. At this point, it's like the running joke. I'm gonna fuck up the segways every single time. (laughs) But I do have to admit that in this case, I didn't plan on that. I was just being me. The fifth okay. Patreon, the fifth element. Exactly. So, God, yes. Nailed it. Nailed it. I got it.
1: And, Killing uh, yeah, it, champ. So
2: as mentioned, we are, we're we're going to talk about a great film. Uh, I selected this one because it's definitely one of those when it's on, I watch it sort of movies. You know, when you flip the channel and you see it on, no matter what part of the movie you're on.
0: Yeah, it's so For good. For me,
2: it's, it stays on that channel because I dig it so much. So The Fifth Element was released on May 9th, 1997 in in the States. Um, It it had pretty good critical reviews, and it did okay at the box office. It wasn't a killer killer. Um, But it's just a really cool movie in a lot of different ways. Um, It's directed by Luc Besson. He's a a French dude. Um, He directed it, and he co-wrote it with Robert Mark Kamen. Um, Luc Besson you might know from uh, the movie – His big breakout movie was Leon, the professional with um, that was actually Natalie Portman's first movie, I believe, or one of her first roles as a kid. Hmm. She becomes a kid. She's a kid hit person. She hangs out with Leon. Um, He wrote and directed that. And he also wrote the entire Transporter series. So he gave us all that good Jason Statham and he wrote the entire Taken series. So, he does have a very particular set of skills, and they're good skills.
0: Oh, um, I see what you did there.
2: There's my segue, baby. Right?
0: It's not really a segue. It's more of a metaphor. No, no, no,
2: but an analogy. So, anyway, yeah. So, I, I dig Luke Best. <laughs> it's it's style, pronounced right? analogy? Yeah, analogy. Yes, exactly. Wow. Um, thank you, Robert Jamesman. Cool. Um,
0: Tobias Funke? So,
2: yeah, you know, the, just to, to touch on top, I mean, there's a multitude of reasons I dig this. The story is cool. It's, it's very well-paced, but it is one of the most stylish movies in the science fiction genre, in my, in my eyes, um, as far as the costuming and um, the, the music and just everything about it. Um, Luke Besson set out, he didn't want a sci-fi movie that was typical of the time with dark corridors and dirty, grungy shit. He wanted everything to be bright, he wanted most of the action scenes, if not all of them, to be shot during the day, he wanted everything bright and colorful to counteract the craziness that was going on on screen. And he did it, he succeeded from start to finish. Um, it's just really, it's just such a stylish, stylized movie. I mean, he, he used, um, I think his name is Paul Mark Gauthier. He's like a world renowned clothing designer. Like he's up there with like Ralph Lauren and that whole crew. He designed all the costumes for this movie like down to the point where, with the with the scene we'll talk about later in in the lobby of the cruise ship, there were 500 extras in that scene. He personally went over all 500 costumes to make sure they looked the way he wanted them to look. Holy shit! And that and that, but you can see the result of that in this flick, like in in every scene.
1: Yeah, so. you know, my my parents asked me about this movie because I was watching it today at their place, right? And I said, oh, it's uh, it's like fun Blade Runner.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yes, hundred percent. Exactly, like not, right, non-emo Blade Runner. That's
1: yeah.
0: exactly what it is. I, I like, um, like yeah. I can imagine the picture room. All right, all right, so have you guys seen, you know, The Mummy? All right, cool, so take that. Toss in a little bit of Super Mario Brothers, the, you know, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Let's throw in some Star Trek for good faith. A little yep. bit of Independence Day. We want a guy who kind of reminds me of Nicolas Cage, but, you know, we don't really want to fully go Nicolas Cage. yeah. Um, and
1: don't forget, there's some there's some Star Wars in there. Oh, there is like, Star there's, Wars. There's a character that's basically just Obi Wan Kenobi in this movie. Yeah, basically oh, man, is Obi
2: Wan. That's in my notes, dude. <laughs> it's in my notes. Yes, exactly. And there was one specific scene where he is Obi Wan Kenobi. I mean, yep, it yeah. really is. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, yeah.
0: but like, you can't get past the Super Mario Brothers aspect of
2: this. Oh no, absolutely no! It's a fun ride. Exactly, fun Blade Runner is a perfect way to sum this up, and and it's it's not mo- it's not in a mocking way it's it's just that good so yeah. uh so all right so the the movie opens with a quick shot of the paramount lady you know the statue lady and there's some ominous sort of it's not even music it's just sound underneath that logo and it fades into something flying across the screen it's kind of hard to see but we're in space and you know the the, the sound starts to evolve into some ominous music and then um You know as the camera sort of pans up in space the title pops up the fifth element like over this distant galaxy um and it's a really cool effect um we then shift to a scene of earth from orbit um and it's not the whole earth we're sort of like in orbit the camera's in orbit going around earth and then we catch a glimpse of of a, a ship a starship that's orbiting earth um that sort of fades out and fades down to a shot of the desert with a temple in the middle of the desert. And it tells us that we are in Egypt in 1914. Uh, so that's when the movie starts. Uh, we get a shot of a child riding a donkey towards the temple. Um, he's bringing water to the crew that's working there. And there's a bunch of kids in the temple are all cheering this, this kid on the donkey cause he's bringing them there snacks and water. Um, he drops off that stuff, and he goes inside to see his other little kid friend, um, you know, Aziz. <laughs> We're going to learn quickly. and he's uh, sorry. Yeah, Aziz, I'm sorry. Um, he's basically asleep at the wheel. There's no other way to describe it. He's there to, to use a mirror to provide light to the archaeologist in there, and he's falling asleep, and he's fucking up the job. Um, so let's uh, roll that first clip, Joe.
0: Aziz, light!
2: Aziz,
1: light. Good. Start again. When the three planets are in eclipse,
0: the black hole, like a door, is open. Evil comes, spreading terror and chaos. See the snake, Billy. The ultimate evil. Make sure you get the snake. Yes,
2: I've got your snakes the snakes so when is this snake act supposed to occur
0: huh? well uh, if this is the five and this is the one every five thousand years
2: so i've got some time <laughs>
1: With God, be safe from evil.
0: You see here these different peoples, or symbols of people, gathering together the four elements of life. Water, fire, earth, air. Around a fifth one. A fifth... element. Forgive me, Lord. We already know too much. Why did it have to be snakes? <laughs> I hate snakes.
2: <laughs> so to give a little context, why did it to have that, to be
1: exposition?
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, that that's a very good setup of the rest of the movie in in a, in a large sort of grand way, and to give a little context to what's going on there. There's, you know, there's an archaeologist in this temple, and he's exploring the hieroglyphs on the wall. Um, his name is Professor Piccoli, not not Spicoli. Chris he's not related really <laughs> to Jeff. Um, so he's exploring, and his assistant is named whose name is Billy. Uh, he's played by Luke Perry of 90210 fame. Um, it was a small role for him in this movie, and I guess that's why they grabbed him. You know, it was probably a day's work for the guy, but he had, he had a lot of face facial recognition and and uh, star power back in 1997 when this was made. Um, so the archaeologist is examining that wall uh, and deciphering it. You can hear what he's talking about: uh, the fifth element, the supreme being, things like that. Um, you also hear a priest that's assisting them. He hears the professor um, talking about this, and he gets very concerned because his job is to protect certain things from, from you know being exposed. And he's worried now that the professor's figured it out.
0: Yeah, dude, Maybe he's not about pre- kill this motherfucker too
2: yeah exactly you know and the funny thing is it's not even you know it it's it's not even that the professors figured it out and he's going to exploit it for evil he just wants to be famous and you know that can't happen according to the priest and the rules the priest follows so yeah he he pours uh you know he poisons the water in the water bags he took from the kid um and you know because he want he needs to off the professor and his uh and his assistant um when they see him they're very happy because again he's been working with them so they're happy to see him um, the professor he, he continues with his excited description of what's going on, and um, you know as the more he talks about it, the more concerned the priest gets. Um, he fills the he, he fills three glasses and tries to get both guys to drink this water, but the professor is just so enthralled with what's going on about this. You know he's talking about a battle plan and good versus evil things like that. And, uh, and then it keeps pointing to that weapon against evil that's at the center of it all, uh, which, you know, who will come to know. Um, as the professor, he, you know, proclaims, I'm going to be famous. <laughs> the priest suggests the toast and, um, you know, he's ready to, The the professor's ready to drink that water and then realizes, you know, he just blurts that you can't make a toast with water. <laughs> Billy, go get the grappa. Um, so, Assistant Billy runs outside and grabs a bottle of Grappa from the uh, from the bag outside.
0: Yeah, which somehow um, in the eighteen hundreds had a label printed on it.
2: No, this is nineteen
0: fourteen. Oh, this was like the eighteen hundreds.
2: Well, it doesn't matter. The Gutenberg invented the fucking press in sixteen hundred. <laughs> though.
0: Yeah, but he wouldn't have a fucking full color printed label.
2: Okay, but I, I think in the eight, I think in nineteen fourteen, we were good.
0: That bitch looked like All it right. came right out of ABC Fine Wines and Spirits
2: yes i know i know um so (laughs) as billy's grabbing uh the 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 grappa from the bag we see a quick shot of some camels that are disturbed by something that's going on because we start to hear that same ominous noise we heard in the opening credits is this low you know um just hum you know that, that that lets you know something maybe not good's gonna happen um The professor just keeps deciphering, you know, he keeps trying to figure out what he sees in these tablets. And uh, at that time, the priest also notices something is amiss. He hears the noise. He knows something's going on. Um, He heads towards the entrance just as shadows start to fall into the temple again, almost as if, you know, Aziz isn't holding the the mirror correctly. Things start to get dark. Um, But the priest looks sort of kind of up and goes, they're here. Um, He knows what's going on at this point. And then we see the giant ship that we saw in orbit. It's now descending down towards the temple. Um, the professor, again, is, he's just completely you know, captured by what he's seeing, what he's figuring out. And he, you know, he whispers, like, this man, this perfect being, I know this is the key. I know it. Like, he's super excited. Um, <laughs> and this is where it gets, it gets really funny. Just quickly, the ongoing joke with Aziz Light. Um, because of the ship, the light starts to fade. On the tablets again, so the professor yells his Aziz light. Um, just as the light from the this portals in the ship's door, light blasts through these portals and lights everything up. And you know, his comment is much better. Thank you, Aziz. Yeah. And Aziz has no idea what the fuck's going on. He's looking down at the mirror. He's this little kid, ugly little dude, by the way. He's a funny looking dude. Anyway, um, yeah, I hope Aziz grew up okay. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So he he's he, Aziz is confused by this. Um, so this ship's door opens up, and um, as these these beings are coming out, who we who we learn are uh, Mondo Cheweans, they're called. Um, they start coming out of the ship. The priest looks at them and says, "My lord." So we kind of understand now. This is who he's serving. We don't know their purpose yet, whether they're good or evil, but he's serving these these beings. You know, they are very large, gigantic, even round, duck like.
0: They look but weird.
2: But they, they're, they're encased in, in, in armor almost. So we don't know what they look like on the inside, but the armor on the head is sort of shaped like a duck, but they're giant and round, and they walk very slowly, but they're big.
1: My Um, thought when I saw these creatures was like, how could they possibly? What are the mechanics of them wiping their own asses? Because it doesn't No, exactly.
2: I know. I know. Exactly.
0: Maybe they're like the fucking North Korean guy and they don't shit.
2: Yeah, they transcended that. They they don't have a-holes anymore. Um, I buy it. Yeah. So as they're exiting the ship, Billy is like, he's in a corner. He's sort of cowering, but he's not. He's very focused because he's a sketch artist. And he's trying to sketch what he sees, you know, on his sketch pad. Um, so now we get got another clip I'd like you to run, Joe. Thank you.
0: Father, this is the most unbelievable thing I have ever seen. Don't you think? Uh, 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 are you German?
1: Lord, I know he was about to discover everything. But there is no worry. I was there in time. And those before you
0: have served us well. But war is coming. Stones not safe on Earth anymore.
2: So, again, to put some context to that, um, the beings, you know, they come in and one of them has a key that sticks out of their finger where they they slip it into the wall and turn it. And these secret doors open up into an inner chamber that the professor and, you know, and and his assistant didn't know existed. Um, It's kind of funny when, you know, so in the beginning of it, when the professor Turns around and he sees these beings, and and his first comment is, "Ah, "Are are you German?" Yeah. (laughs) And the and the and the the alien just shakes his head, no. And I I read a quick piece of trivia. Did you guys catch this one? No, no. no. In uh, in the German dubbed version, he just says, "Are you from Earth?" (laughs) Because it obviously wouldn't make sense. Um, (laughs) And it's not as impactful, you know, um, asking about another you know country's people. Imagine, when, when like,
0: are... if, if you would, if um, R- Robo-Duck from uh, DuckTales, or was it DuckTales Darkwing Duck that Robo-Duck was in? Or was he in both? DuckTales.
2: I, DuckTales, yeah.
0: Imagine him, yeah. but, like, he was wearing, like, like a full, like, football pad, like, with the fucking neck brace and shit on it. Yes, That's what exactly. it looks like, and they're gold.
2: But gigantic. Yeah, yeah, it's just, you know, and, and legs too short for the rest of the body. They, it's just very odd
0: like the fucking uh, Goombas in Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, exactly. They wobble. So
2: like. during that clip, um, the professor gets like I have in quotes, put to sleep because <laughs> it looks like he just gets knocked out.
0: He just passed um, out. A lot of people pass out in this movie.
2: Yeah, I know that. I know. Yeah. Um, so they, the 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 beings, the monochuians they, they go into this inner chamber, and in that chamber are four pedestals with the stones that they've referenced. So one for all, you know, the four elements: earth, air, wind, and fire. Earth. Um, great, great band. Wind. Um,
0: <laughs> Water. Fire. What's the okay. part? heart. Heart.
1: <laughs> yeah, with our powers combined, you know why did. Heart's not an element. That kid got jipped. I know, right?
0: I mean, technically she did say what she needed to get going was love, which is heart.
2: Yeah, see, I only watched the Don Cheadle, uh, Captain Planet. You never, I, watch I, the I never watched Planet.
0: the real
2: Captain Planet? So, yeah, so in this chamber are the four elements, and in the middle is a sarcophagus that holds the, the remains of the supreme being, the fifth element. Um, you know, the, the, the being that's going to save the world from evil, uh, the beings collect all of this stuff and bring it to their ship. Um, when they get into the ship, Billy comes into the, into the Wait, temple and he, what? that's
0: what that was. I didn't realize that was a sarcophagus.
2: Yes. That's the, yeah, that carried the remains of the.
0: Oh, that makes more sense now. I was thinking yeah, was some there was a weird statue then. What the fuck is this stupid ass statue?
2: Oh no no no! That's the actual. That's the actual fifth element inside that. Oh, okay, because cause... it's every five thousand years, so it's been forty seven hundred years. Yeah, I was since it confused, was last used. Because
0: like later in the in the movie, when we get to that point, like when they recreate the fifth element, I thought they were using the hand that was stuck in the door by the giant weird fucking Duckburg thing.
2: No, we, we, I mean we'll talk about it when we get to it, but that's the only remaining piece of the crash that
0: makes on the moon way more sense now
2: yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yep so um so yeah so the gathering is stuff and then the the head malishuin lets the priest know um you know because the the priest reminds the, the beings that you know hey if you take this earthless earth is defenseless and they remind him or they let him know you know uh, that in 300 years when evil returns, show so shall we. Uh, so they're on the stick. They're just trying to – they're thinking ahead, you know, where, where most of us, you know, here, we can't think past five minutes from now. These guys are thinking hundreds of years yeah, they're, ahead. They're, they're pulling the Captain
0: Marvel. We're like, you know, you're not the only place that fucking exists.
2: Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So uh, Billy sort of loses his shit when he finds what he thinks is a, the professor dead. I don't know. I, you can't see because you only see the professor's feet. So we thought he was just knocked out, but maybe he is dead. Who knows? Um, so he ha- he whips out his machine pistol. It's a pretty cool piece of equipment. And is it German? He starts. What's that? Yeah, I it guess looks, it is. It looks I don't know. Pretty German. It looked like a Luger, but it wasn't because when he pulled the trigger, it was a machine pistol it like yeah. let off a bunch of rounds. Um, so anyway, yeah. So he he starts. You know. He's pissed off at the, these beings because he thinks they killed his, his, you know, boss. And he starts stepping back because he's panicking at the same time. He trips over a satchel and the gun goes off. Um, it hits one of the beings. They're not hurt by it, but they sort of get knocked back. And that, that prevents that particular being from escaping the, uh, the inner tomb because the doors are closing now. So um, he tells the priest to go um you know he says look time is not important only life or he says time not important only life important
1: yeah because um, that dude was walking like you and me at disney world like exactly. he just he, he couldn't get to that fucking door fast. <laughs> you're absolutely
2: yeah. right man the priest was joe and yes we were the bond <laughs> that's very true um so yeah so he just instructs the priest to listen keep doing what you're doing take your knowledge pass it on to the next priest and so on and in 300 years we'll be ready for this um, the door closes on the being's hand and crushes it, and as that happens, the key used to open those doors pops out of its finger, and the priest takes it. See, okay? that, and that's
0: the hand that I thought they used later in the movie.
2: Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Um, so, yeah, I just thought it was cool. It's a, it was a really good way to demonstrate scale as to how the key looked small in the hands of the the when they open the door and then when the priest grabs it it's giant because they're a lot smaller humans are a lot smaller than these things so it was really cool like just you know discrete use of scale to demonstrate the size of these these beings um so the priest takes the key and then he you know he basically salutes the ship as it takes off just saying that he will fulfill his duties to make sure that they're ready um we switch now to uh 300 years later So, the time has now come. We're at 5,000 years, so some shit's going down. Um, We are on a warship in space that's analyzing like this giant, cloudy mass. Um, As we see it like that, it transforms uh, into a sphere, like a dark, black sphere. uh, And it starts growing in size. Uh, So, we've got General Stater. He's the commander on the ship. He's played by actor John Neville. I don't know if you saw The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. He was Munchausen in that Terry Gilliam movie. Mm -hmm. Interesting flick. It's like you either love it or you hate it. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, He orders a probe be sent in to investigate. Um, We then are moved to the Federated Territories headquarters in New York City. And we meet a president that rivals uh, President Camacho from Idiocracy. Yeah, this
0: is President Debo. (laughs) You got knocked exactly. the fuck
2: out. Um so we 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 meet President Lindbergh, which the name in and of itself is hysterical for Tiny Lister, you know, this <laughs> the, large African American man. Honestly, a, this is the
0: second best movie featuring Chris Tucker in in, in Tiny Lister.
2: Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah, nope.
0: It is hundred percent. No. Hundred percent.
2: No, because this is what made Chris Tucker. No. This movie no, is what isn't. made him.
0: The other one is. Okay.
2: His performance in this movie is just His line of,
0: you got knocked the fuck out, is what made him. <laughs>
2: not, yeah. All right. We're not going to spend too much time on that, but I disagree.
1: I also um, love that in, in 97, it was still considered, like, what's the most outlandish sci-fi thing we could do? Black president.
2: Yeah, I know.
0: And, Black, and Honestly, big, Yeah, I'm right because Friday came out in 95. It was out first.
2: Oh, okay. All right. But I still think that this put him in the mainstream. He still wasn't really well-known.
0: No, Friday, just because you haven't seen Friday doesn't make it not one of the most watched I've movies seen of it. all time.
2: I've seen it in bits and pieces, but I'm just saying it's I don't think it had the impact that the this big, movie had. Like,
0: it's one of the biggest movies of all time.
2: I understand that, but what I'm saying is for Chris Tucker's career as a comedian and a movie actor, this is the movie that pushed him into
0: orbit. It nah. wasn't Friday. Well, yeah, literally.
2: <laughs> it Wasn't Friday?
0: Well, I'll, I'll, Smokey I'll
1: was even, taking I'll the, milk the shit guy in the here. bushes. I think that this movie definitely showed his range in a way that yeah. that Friday didn't, because right. this was a weird role, man. And you know, yes, exactly. It, it definitely it showed that he wasn't like a one trick kind of actor. No, for exactly,
2: sure. exactly. And I think he he got the Shanghai movies because of this, because he did show range in this. But anyway, we meet President Lindbergh. I, Tiny want, Lister. I want
0: to do a uh, poll. When people like say, if I say Chris Tucker, what's the first thing you think about? It'd probably be the Rush Hour movies, but
2: I, I, oh, it's definitely the Rush Hour movies. That's what I meant. I didn't mean the Shanghai movies. I meant the Rush Hour movies. But
0: I think it's it's. I think that's first.
2: Well, it depends on where you know. In Florida, yeah, I think Friday would take over this because this is high draft for Florida.
0: <laughs> I love that tick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean- Sorry,
2: but you know, up where I'm from, I think it would be this movie, because um, you know. There, there are a lot of solid racists up here, too, who would never watch Friday.
0: I, that that has more to do with it.
2: Yeah, I know. Look, hey, we're Yankees. We invented it. Okay.
0: But um, <laughs> me, I love this movie. Like, I absolutely love this movie. and I'm still putting Friday higher.
2: Okay. And you know what? I, I promised I'm going to watch Friday. So yeah, cause we're that gonna could do change it, eventually. it for me. It could change for me. But I, you know my, you know that dad, I'm going to do it differently actually, than you have. My dad wants to a be
0: a guest <laughs> on the show, and he wants to be Friday with us.
2: Okay, I'm up for it, man. Let's do it. All right. Um, so, yeah, Tiny Lister, rest in peace, dude. Yeah. Um, he missed. Cause, Tiny
0: Lister died? You know,
2: yeah, he's gone. When he's did gone he a die? couple years now.
0: Oh, shit. I didn't realize he died.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly when he passed, but um, let sucks. me see if I can. I don't know. Can you look it up while yeah, I'm Yeah, I've been looking it up here. Yeah. But yes, he did pass. Um, he was a large. He was a large, muscular man oh, who might year. not have taken care of himself.
0: December 10th, 2020.
2: <laughs> yeah, all right. So, so a year ago. I mean, and was, I don't know if it was, was COVID. It could have been COVID.
0: He was 62 years old.
2: Um, wow. Uh, six, he, that blows me away. I didn't realize five. he was that old. Not, 62 is not old. That's only five years older than me. But I thought he was younger than that.
0: I mean, he, he, um, he did have a good life, though
2: yeah no some cool stuff i mean he fry you know i list i, I obviously tiny list i put friday first he was in the dark knight as one of the inmates he was great in jackie brown he had a lot of really like cool roles and iconic roles. movies you know his his acting range wasn't great but he did what he did he knew he knew his limitations and he and he ran with it so cool for him um so anyway yeah, it he looks is like uh, was that
1: Oh no, i was just gonna say it looks like COVID. uh yeah unfortunately got tiny
2: Exactly. So. God
0: damn it, COVID! I, you know, right? You know, I I thought you were fake, but you took out Debo. <laughs>
2: oh, All right, we got Joe on board. Finally, eighteen months in, and the death of Tiny Lister gets Joe on the board of the COVID train. It's great.
0: God damn COVID! Uh, <laughs> you got knocked the fuck out by COVID.
2: Exactly. Um, just as a real quick aside, I did take my COVID test yesterday. I did my nose test yesterday, just to make sure Florida didn't get me. I'm feeling absolutely fine. But I got to confirm it because I also won't be allowed to see my son and daughter-in-law who are expecting, sir. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll get the results in a couple of days, but I'm sure I'm fine. Um, um, one more thing about Tiny anyway. Lister,
0: real quick before we move on to yes. him. Uh, he did a um, – I'm, I'm trying to find it send you the link. But he did a documentary where he um, went around with Trick Daddy in Miami. <laughs> and uh, he did this whole thing like, like – it was kind of like a um, – And he's like, man, if Trick Daddy tells you he did some shit, he fucking did that shit. Don't try to fucking like. Um, it was the funniest shit. He's like walking around with him in the hood and shit. And Trick Daddy's like fucking threatening like the uh, referees at the kids' fucking pop Warner games and shit. Man,
2: all right, I can I can guarantee I'll watch Friday, but I can also guarantee I'll never watch that.
0: It's a quick little documentary. It's hilarious. Just saying, it's all right. I'll pass.
2: I'll pass. So President Lindbergh, in any case, is holding, he's presiding over a conference of a group of the military. They got scientists there. They got religious leaders there because they all investigating this sphere because they really have no idea what it is. Um, the president communicates with General Stadter, who's on that ship. Um, the general, you know, he recommends the shoot first, ask questions later philosophy <laughs> of things. Um, he just wants to blow it out of the, blow it out of space. Um it's at this point that we meet uh, one of our protagonists, uh, Father Vito Cornelius. I love that name. Um, he's played by Ian Holm, who, who legend, acting fucking legend, you know, Alien, Lord of the Rings. I mean, you know, you name it, the guy the guy was in it. He's a cool actor. Uh, so, yeah, Joe, roll a clip.
1: All right, then. It's Mr. President. Yes?
0: Priest Vito Cornelius, expert of astral phenomena. I have a different theory to offer you, sir. You have 20 seconds. Imagine for a moment that this thing is not anything that can be identified because it prefers not to be. Wherever there is life, it brings death. Because it is evil, absolute evil.
1: One more reason to shoot first.
0: Evil begets evil, Mr. President. Shooting will only make it stronger.
2: Propel objective in five seconds.
1: Growth rate is at 27%. Your theory is interesting, Father, but we don't have time we're going to go into that right now.
2: Time is of no importance, Mr. President. Only life is important.
1: You're right. That's exactly what we're going to do. We're gonna protect the life of some 200 billion of my fellow citizens. General, you may fire one Up trunk loading of a 120ZR missile. Mark a light from the objective. Its structure is just solidified on the surface. I think it's anticipating the attack. Anticipation denotes intelligence. The most terrible intelligence imaginable, Mr.
0: President.
1: 120's (laughs) loaded ship is in combat for me. This are loaded, Mr. President. Tedder? Yes, sir? I have a doubt. I don't, Mr. President. Tedder. What happened? better can you hear me?
2: better what happened, Tedder?
1: Did you destroy it? I'm about to, sir. The has
2: increased the diameter by 200%. It is moving towards the ship.
0: What do we
1: have this bigger than 240? Nothing, sir. Stetter, do you hear me?
2: Get out of there. I don't want what? incident. Do you hear me,
0: Stetter? Get out of there. Can you hear me, Stetter? Listen. This is the president. That's the war.
2: All right. So the general sent his missiles. They did nothing but piss off the spear and make it bigger. Um, At the very end there, the general's standing on, on the bridge of his ship, and there is blood dripping from underneath his beret, down his... Far head onto his face, and he's just paralyzed with fear. Um, that noise, that Tie Fighter type noise you hear at the end, is a gigantic uh, smoky skull. Um, yeah, you know, it's weird. basically engulfing the ship. Um, you know, it comes right at you. So, you know, it's it's pretty intense. So the ship is wiped out. So you know, the Federation now knows. The Federated Territories now know that, you know, shit's getting fucked up. <laughs> they got to start preparing for this. Um, so we now switch to um, South Brooklyn, New York. And we meet our main protagonist, Mr. Corbin Dallas, played by Bruce Willis, who needs no introduction. Um, like we said, it's Bruce Willis with hair. It's so long ago. Um, he wakes up from a nightmare, which we assume is he's just seen that, that smoking skull <laughs> engulf the ship in his nightmare because um, it coincides with that, the end of that last scene. Um, he, 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 you know, breathes heavy, but he sort of snaps out of it. Um, you know, he, he calms down, uh, and, you know, he's about to settle into his daily routine. He's got a very tiny apartment that he lives in. Um, there's lots of automated stuff because it's, you know, the year 2263. Um, you know, he, he gets out of bed, and his bed disappears into the wall and gets cleaned and, you know. His fridge and his shower on top of each other things like that so um you know he's trying to quit smoking he's got a quit smoking box on this on his wall but you know you can tell that's not working out well for him so far um he's talking to his boss on the phone and you know we learned that he's a cab driver and the boss is telling him he's got to bring his rig in for a you know overhaul and he's telling him he doesn't need to do it um we do see a shelf in his apartment full of military medals and honors so we know that he was in the military, and he was something special in the military, a while back. Um, you know, we can just tell that overall life is not going well for him at the moment. Um, he's just sort of plodding along. Um, we see on TV; he's got the TV on. We see a quick advertisement for um, Flost in Paradise, which is a you know high-end vacation resort uh, on another planet. Um, and we don't meet um, this cool character yet, but we do hear Ruby Rod's voice. Narrating the ad um, with a little little hint of things to come when we meet the uh, the cool Ruby. Um,
0: yeah, we basically go on the Wally <laughs> later.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, this next scene is hysterical on so many levels. Um, Corbin's ready for work, so he walks over his door to, to exit the apartment, and he peeks out his peephole because oh, it's a very uns- yeah it's a very unsavory part of town. Uh, so. You know, just his habit as a military man, he wants to make sure the coast is clear before he exits his apartment. So he looks out the peephole and he sees his hallway is totally clear. He opens the door and there is this fucking crackhead coke, dude. He's so jacked out of his mind. He's wearing a hat with a picture of the hallway. It's the fucking
0: best thing ever.
2: (laughs) The guy's holding the picture up to his peephole. And you know, he's just he looks at he looks at Corbin and goes,
0: give me the cash.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just keep saying the guys give me the catch yeah. and he's holding his big fucking gun with spikes on it and everything and you know corbin's cool as a cucumber man like nothing phases this guy it's so great he just he looks at the gun and he goes up oh, you know that thing's not loaded do you know that you got to press that yellow button right over there and the, the crackhead's just twitching and he's trying to press it and corbin's like you want me to do it for you <laughs> he's like no and this just gives Corbin the the opening he needs. He pulls out his gun and puts it to the crackhead's uh, head. Yeah, and uh, you know scares the shit out of him. So he takes the he takes the big gun from the guy and he puts it on a rack with a pile of other guns that he's confiscated from other fucking crackheads that have tried to rob him. So it's he's obviously used to this whole scenario.
0: Then the guy does a fucking but, MC Hammer dance in the hallway.
2: <laughs> oh, it was so great! It was so great. And the best part about that is, and this happens a lot in this movie. Okay. So when they shot that scene, the guy was actually dancing on the other side of the camera when they're showing Corbin. Bruce Willis starts laughing. He broke character. He starts fucking laughing. (laughs) And that's when he looks at him and he goes, nice hat. Or I like your hat. (laughs) And he goes, yeah, I I like it too. (laughs) (laughs) He does that MC Hammer dance and he shuffles off. But yeah, Bruce Willis broke character so many times in this movie and they left it in there. It's fucking priceless. Um, So... Yeah, that's, you know, it, it's just a great scene. It's really funny. Um, we, now see, um, we now see Corbin in his cab. So he's, in, he's got his own garage. He keeps a cab in. Um, you know, earlier he told his boss he thinks he has 50 points left on his license, but the cab computer reminds him he's got five points left. So he's on his last legs. He cannot he have anything bad happen to him.
0: See, it's weird because um, normally, like, the more points you have, the worse it is
2: yeah exactly yeah but they start up and count down. i guess <laughs> in the future we got to keep that in mind guys when we get there right um so uh yeah he gets in his cab he pulls out and we, and you know it's the future so the cab flies i mean all the cars fly so his it garage looks door like opens it was built and in 1950. what's that
0: it looks like it was built in 1950 but it flies. no
2: exactly and that's the cool thing about it that was the aesthetic that luke besson wanted like yeah. he wanted a mixed those those you know decades and genres and keep people off balance but in a in a fun way that was part of his goal for this fl- for this film uh so yeah so you know corbin pulls out into the air traffic and he's on his way um we jump and i'll say to the, i'll say too, yeah? for
1: 97 these effects hold up man like oh
2: hell yeah absolutely the fl-
1: yeah the flying car looks okay
2: mm-hmm. it really does. It does um so we now jump back to the federated headquarters um where Father Vito is trying to explain to the president what their only option for destroying the sphere of evil. Um so why don't we roll that
1: you have forty eight hours. That's the length of time it needs to adapt itself to our living conditions. And then and then it will be too late. The goal of this thing is not to fight over money or power. But to exterminate life. All forms of life. So what you're telling me, father? There's nothing that can stop this. There is only one thing. The Mondachiwan have in their possession
0: the only weapon to defeat evil. Four elements. Gathered around a fifth. The Supreme Being, the Ultimate Warrior,
2: created to protect life. Together they produce what the ancients called the light of creation,
1: able to bring life to the farthest reaches of the universe. But. If... evil stands there... Then what? Then light turns to dark. Life to death. Forever. Sir, there's a Mondo spaceship at the Frontier requesting permission to enter our territory. Give her permission. The entire territory is my warmest regards. Thank you
2: all right so that's a good little explanation as to what the goal of this whole you know the whole movie is the focus of our our heroes and our villains as to what they're trying to accomplish um so on that note uh we've hit about an hour so we're going to take a break and we'll be right back folks so if you're uh, listening to masters of the cinematic universe you obviously love movies Uh, I do, too, because I host this podcast. And um, my pedal company, 37FX, um, definitely has a movie theme. So if you're looking for really cool guitar pedals and the bonus of having some uh, fun movie themes, uh, hit up the website, 37FX.com. That's the word 30, the number 7, dot com. You can find things like the Fat Guy Little Coat Fuzz and uh, soon to be released the Tombstone Treble Boost. Both, both based on some fantastic movies so uh, you know hit the website up, we've got some great sound samples on there and uh, you can also hit me up um, through Facebook or Instagram uh, with any questions you have I really appreciate it, thanks guys